Welcome to It's All About the Story, grief stories that connect us. This podcast takes you into the lives of people who have gone through loss and have come out the other side to experience joy again. Each story is someone's lived experience and reveals how wrestling with grief can turn loss into wisdom. You might even find some of these insights helpful in your own grief journey. Come, meet the people like yourself who have experienced loss and who now openly share their story with us. And now, here is your host, Rick Berg. Welcome, everybody, to It's All About the Story, Grief Stories That Connect Us. I'm your host, Rick Berg, and I'm pleased that you are here for this episode. Excited about this episode. Before we begin, I want to thank our sponsors, First Memorial Funeral Services and Garden of Memories in Victoria, B.C. If you need their services, you can give them a call at 250-658-5244. That is 250-658-5244. Five, two, four, four. The title of this episode is The Best and the Worst. The Facebook words we post to grieving hearts. Your friends post on Facebook that their loved one has just died. You feel that you have to say something or click on an emoji to respond. Have you ever considered if the words that you just wrote on their Facebook page were helpful or not? Are you interested as to which words are generally gratefully received by a grieving person? Well, this episode will examine some of the most helpful words people can share on Facebook that are appreciated by a person who has just openly shared the sad news of a loss of a loved one. I think it's happened to all of us, hasn't it? We jumped onto our Facebook account and looked at the wall and So I want to share the difficult news. We sit there for a moment and we ponder and we wonder, what should I say? I mean, some of us respond very quickly and put something on there. Some of us maybe say nothing. Maybe we put on one of those emojis to replace the words that we're not sure will be helpful or not, or I mean, sometimes maybe words cannot express the way that we really feel or what we want to say. I've done a lot of examination of words that are helpful in one's grief journey. And I really believe that the language that we speak, the grief language that we speak is important. And it can be either kind of build up or tear down. It can give comfort or can create anger. That's the truth. I've experienced it many times in my counseling practice where people come into my office upset of a comment that was given, uh, shared, either live or on Facebook, that upset somebody. They didn't want to say anything to that individual at that time, but it bothered them. Now, let's be honest and fair and reasonable. 
sometimes we don't know what to say. Where does that come from? Where do the words that we share when somebody's grieving actually originate? They come from somewhere. We've learned them from somebody. Um, we have a history of how we've done grief in the past, and it's important to examine, and the words that we share have come from somewhere. Perhaps we've heard them for ourselves. Perhaps they've come from a, a course we've taken or through some type of information that we've read. Well, what are helpful words? Well, let's start with perhaps what is not helpful or not encouraging to somebody. Now, let me share the background of this episode a little bit because a few weeks ago, I put on my Facebook wall a little note about the memory of my first wife who died. That I was missing her. Uh, simple little post. Just wanted to acknowledge her and her part of my life even now, even though she's not here, that I was missing her. and She was a big part of our life. What I noticed were the comments that came back. Some of them extremely beautiful, helpful, encouraging and touching. Other words, not so much. Now, I'm not judging because, like I said before, how do we know what word would be helpful to us when we're grieving the loss of somebody in our lives? From my experience as a counselor, again, these are some of the words that I think we need to be careful in using on our Facebook accounts. I can relate to what you're going through. That is one of the most difficult phrases and unhelpful phrases that you can place in your comments to somebody who is grieving. I can relate to what you're going through. Well, why is that? Now, it may be true that in some way you can relate to that person because you've gone through something similar. And so you feel some type of connection and feel the need to say that, you know, I've been through this myself. I can relate to you. But ultimately, you can't relate to that person 100% because grief is so particular, so peculiar to each one of us, and everyone has a different relationship with a person has died, and so you can't really relate to somebody 100%. And as soon as you say that, I can relate to you because of my situation, you actually embed your story you bring your story ahead of theirs. And remember, their loved one just died. They don't need to hear about your story. They need to be acknowledged about theirs and the death of somebody in their life. Another unhelpful phrase is, I know exactly how you feel. Again, do you? How can you know exactly how someone feels? Even as close as you are or might be to that person, you don't know exactly how they feel. 
unless of course you've asked them, perhaps. But on a Facebook post, they're not telling you perhaps their deep feelings in life. They're just indicating that they've lost somebody who's special to them. Back off, honestly. Again, you're putting your story as a center of attention when you say that. It's their story, and they need to tell it and feel it and share it in a way that is good for them. Another thing I hear often people use that I believe is not that helpful is the words at least. At least, you know, she is not suffering. At least he was older and had a good life. At least she is in heaven. At least you are young and you can have another child. At least you have an angel watching over you. At least. That's a difficult phrase to use. And again, it's diminishing the loss of that individual. And all these things might be true. That is, a person maybe isn't suffering anymore. But think about that. Who is suffering? Right? It's the person who is going through grief that is suffering. You need to be aware of what's going on in this individual's life. And the person who has died is important to them, but they're remaining on earth to figure out life and to look at how life will become different now without this individual in their life who they love, who they will miss. Another common entry into the Facebook post I hear is this whole thing of stages of grief. I hear people still talking about the stage of grief. I've been to the stages of grief or, you know, you'll go through these stages and then you'll come out the other side. Or, you know, you're in this particular stage right now, just like I was. And it'll be okay. I'll, you know, you'll, you'll be okay. You'll, you'll get through it. You'll get over it. You know, stages of grief again, are not helpful because grief is not linear. There's not this step-by-step process that you go through in order to complete something to go on in your life. Because the truth is, grief will always be in your life at some point because grief is your reaction to what you miss, that you no longer have that used to be, And that missing at times will come back and you will feel sad, lonely. The memories will flood back. And so to somehow believe and think that you need to work through these stages in order to forget, go on, leave this person, it's physiologically impossible because our memories store significant events in life that include the memories of this person who we love. You know, I also hear people say stuff like, um, well, let's get together sometime. Hmm. 
Again, a person who is grieving needs you to commit. And sometime is, well, when? It's a way to kind of make us feel good that we're making available our time, you know, that we're willing to be with them. But again, from my experience as a grief counselor, I hear many people coming into my office who are struggling with relationships that have said that they will be there for them. But they weren't. Talk is cheap. Don't say it unless you do it. I guess what I want to say to you is that, you know, when we think about the individual who has lost a loved one, the words we say are important. Don't words, don't use the words closure. The word closure means you're closing off a relationship. And that's impossible again. You will find closure. How would you feel about that? If somebody said you need to find closure. I mean, closure has this meaning of finishing something in order to go on in life. And again, we don't get over somebody. I mean, that person who has died is still part of who and what we are looking forward. And I don't have to close off that relationship at all. I just have to discover how that relationship will be different than what it once was. It can't be the same. But it's still there because that individual was part of who I was and always will be. They've left something with me that will always be there. Don't have to close off. I do find it interesting that people even use the words, I'm sorry. Which is interesting when you think about it. I'm sorry for your loss. Why do we use that word? I'm sorry. I mean, it's when you say you're sorry to somebody, you're apologizing, aren't you? I'm sorry for. What are you sorry for? You know, I mean, yes, I mean, condolences is an expression of sympathy. I'm sorry. Offer my condolences. But when you think about the word sympathy, even, it's a word that means you feel bad for someone because of something that's happened to them. Happened to them, something bad. Again, you know, death is not a you know a fun thing, but is it a bad thing? Because it's part of our existence to die someday. And so I guess I'm wondering if there's a better word to use then, I'm sorry. Well, let's take a look at some helpful words. And I think for me, as a narrative therapist, I'm always trying to think about the story. I'm trying to think about the story that that person had with that individual who died. What made it significant? What made it important? What made it special? And I want to somehow encourage people 
to recognize what they had that was significant, not what they didn't have. And so often when a person dies, you know, we kind of spend a lot of time thinking about what we didn't have because we're sad. I mean, there's future days without that individual. But I want people to celebrate who that person was for them. What made them special. And when I hear words like this coming through, not only on Facebook, but any time in my life when I'm grieving, I feel that somebody has entered into my life in a way that shows deep empathy and compassion, that they get me because they're celebrating with me who that person was. And they're recognizing that I'm going to miss that part of that individual also in my life. So when I went onto my Facebook um, account and my wall, following the post I did about my wife's first death, these are some of the comments that I heard. And think about this in terms of story, in terms of identity, in terms of what people were saying about Pam and what they're saying about my relationship with her. I have such wonderful memories of Pam. Pam's smile still makes me smile, and I carry it in my heart. As you cherish the memory of Pam, peace and comfort to you and your loved ones. She was a beautiful soul. She was the definition of joy. I miss her beautiful face, her beautiful voice, and her caring heart. Love to you and your family. Pam was such a sweetheart. We loved her. We admired her. Big hugs to you and to Erica, my new wife. She was a definition of joy. I miss her beautiful voice and caring heart. Just the kind of neighbors everyone needs. She was a really wonderful woman. What a beautiful legacy. Sending hugs to you, Rip. Pam was an awesome, wonderful person and a good friend. My boys adored her, and she was like a mother to my son. What a beautiful legacy. Think about those words. How comforting they are. They talk about the individual and how special they were, not just to me, but to others. And so here is what I want to share with you tonight. When people are grieving, they need to know that their loved one also impacted other people around them. That other people around them are also going to miss this individual. And that this individual is special to them as well. You bring then a community to grieve together. Each one of us 
coming together to support, to encourage, to love, and to remember this individual who all of us are going to miss. Think carefully about the words that you post on Facebook. Try some of these out the next time and see the response back from someone who is grieving the loss of a loved one or a special friend. I want to thank you again for listening to this episode. Again, thank you to our sponsors, First Memorial Funeral Services and Garden of Memories in Victoria, B.C. If you need their services, you can give them a call at 250-658-5244. Again, 250-658-5244. Again, this is it's all about the story. Grief stories that connect us. I'm Rick Berg saying, take care and see you next week. Thanks for joining us today on It's All About the Story, Grief Stories That Connect Us. We hope this podcast was encouraging to you. There are so many different types of loss. Why not take time to listen to some of the other unique stories in this podcast series? Feel free to share them with family, friends, neighbors. If you'd like to receive notifications about the next episode in the series, please subscribe and we'll make sure you don't miss out. We hope that you'll be joining us again on It's All About the Story, Grief Stories That Connect Us with host Rick Berg. Take good care.